and welcome to the Bodybuilding Dietitians podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today for what is now episode 14 of our Road to 2023 series. And as always, you're joined by your hosts, Tiara and Jack. Now, it's been a few weeks since we recorded one of these podcasts, <laughs> hey, so we have a few weeks to catch you guys up on. So Jack, how have the past three weeks been for you? Yeah, so it's been really good and it's great to finally catch up with everybody. It, we were just kind of laughing how it feels like it's been ages since we podcasted, but it's only been one week. It's been one week. <laughs> yeah, I think that's that's what happens when you usually do two a week and are very consistent. So mm-hmm. I think we've had a unplanned little break just, I think, j- to get on a schedule because we were kind of posting on haphazard days, but now we're going to stick to recording our Q&As on a Wednesday and recording our Road to 2023 on a Sunday. So You heard yeah. it here first, so we're trying to hold each other accountable. Now you guys got to hold us accountable to that. So overall, it's been really good, and I think it's good that we've had three weeks break because nothing too much has happened, to be honest. And I've just been plugging away at my training, at my nutrition, and enjoying it a lot. I guess one of the more eventful things is that this past week I have had a deload, and I'll go into a little bit more depth about how I pulled that off this time around. So mm-hmm. the last two two deloads, in fact, uh, has been during a snap lockdown in Queensland. So I was actually in the back of my mind, I was kind of putting off deloading as long as possible because I was just kind of waiting for that snap lockdown to happen and it didn't come and I was feeling pretty trashy. So pretty much the Tuesday of this week was like a pool session for me and a hammy session. And I just went through that session. I was still taking PBs, but was feeling pretty trashy. Didn't particularly want to be in the gym when I woke up. And interestingly, when I noticed that my fatigue is getting higher, I do tend to actually sleep better. And like I was waking up, Tierra usually had to get me out of bed <laughs> as opposed to me waking up to the alarm, which... Good morning. <laughs> And yeah, so I I discussed with AJ, we decided to take a deload from the Wednesday. So basically took five complete rest days off training. So Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Today's Sunday as we're recording this. And overall, it's probably not until today that I'm like, okay, I can step into the gym tomorrow and I feel ready to go. And that goes to show that I probably dug pretty deep hole in terms of fatigue. And I think it's also due to the new training style that I've been doing. So mm. it's it builds up a lot more fatigue compared to what I was doing previously. And I think mainly because there's probably a more central nervous system involvement by trying to maintain technique and form and doing that slowly centric for everything while going to a close proximity to failure. So yeah, overall a good thing. Especially with your leg days, because the pressure's really on, especially mm. for that quad day, because you literally have one day of the week where you are training quads. So you want to make the absolute most of that. And obviously these past few weeks being under AJ's guidance, it's not just systemic fatigue, but mental fatigue almost. Mm. Like you have to be so switched on for every single rep of every single set because he's really honed into you on execution, execution, connection, connection. Mm, most certainly. And that I do actually kind of like starting off the leg days with leg extension now because it allows me to go closer to muscular failure without my form breaking down. Mm-hmm. Like before... 
when I was doing like extension at the end. So when I was completely fresh for something like a hack squat, like the limiting factor would be my technique, like my technique would break down and before I would get to failure. Whereas now I'm able to, because I'm kind of going into that exercise, I think a lot of people say, oh, you, you aren't going to be fatigued going into that movement. I mean, personally, I'm definitely fatigued going mm. into the hack squat. There's no doubt about Depends that. Depends how you train. Yeah. You know, someone can look at an exercise like a leg extension and be like, just a leg extension. It's not just a leg extension if you do mm. it well. Yeah. Like by the time I get to the hack, I'm definitely experiencing some fatigue, even probably a little bit of leg shaking. And then I'm going on and doing two, uh, a top set and a back off set on the hack squat. And lately I have been pretty much going to failure on that back offset because I'm trying to beat my previous week's performance. And again, pressure's on because that's the one day to really target your quads. Yeah. So I, I do get a full seven days to recover, which is good. And even after that hack, then you're going on to a banded leg press. And mm. I know a few weeks ago now you posted a video actually entering into Jeff Nippard's, what was it? His reps and reserve challenge. Yeah. So he, he just wanted to, for people to repost there's zero rep and reserve leg presses. And a lot of people went to failure, which technically isn't zero RIR. You've gone beyond <laughs> zero RIR there. And yeah, I posted mine. Uh, I don't know. I would argue that mine was probably better than some of the people who won. But I, Yours I, was definitely better than some of the people who entered the challenge. Oh, that's yeah. for sure. <laughs> I think because I only posted the rep before and the rep of mm. zero RIR. So maybe that's why. And he wanted to do a bit more of a countdown. But I've been really enjoying the banded leg press. Kind of, it's definitely a really different feel compared to the conventional leg press. And almost feels like a leg extension, like when you get off, because your legs are under that constant tension the whole way through. Yeah. Like it's not like typically the last third of the leg press, it's kind of easy. You're just kind of locking out. Mm -hmm. Whereas when you're using banded, uh, potentially the, the last third is just as hard as the first third which makes it very difficult. And you can, if you look back on my Instagram, you can see that video and you'll see that the rep doesn't get any easier as I continue to push. It stays the same difficulty, which is unique. It is so tough. And I've actually been thinking about this because you look at people do leg press and I think that truly when they only have like one rep in reserve or they're going very close to failure, when they're really pushing themselves, a sign is that their arms and their triceps start to shake. Mm. Like if someone's in a singlet and they're doing leg press, but they're like holding on to the little handles and they're like triceps are shaking as they're trying to push the weight up. That's when I'm like, whoa, okay, this person's really, really going for it. Yeah. I think if you don't make the most of the handles when you're leg pressing, you're cutting yourself short because mm -hmm. you should be gripping those handles, pulling yourself into the sheet, into the seat, sorry, and creating more stability. So that's at least what I do. And going back to the deload quickly, because I'm sure people are wondering why I might have done complete rest days. And overall, I just prefer that. And fortunately, it's AJ's preferred method of deloading during an off season as well. Like mm -hmm. you give joints and tendons and ligaments a bit more of a break as well. Like you don't load them at all. And it also gives me a good opportunity to just not go to the gym. That's two to three hours that I would usually spend outside my day at the gym and now I can potentially do something else with those hours which has been good yeah it's certainly been very productive for us this week in particular mm, yeah we have that upcoming seminar in six days time so I guess that's your guys little reminder if you heard about the seminar or the webinar you don't have to come in person it is online so 
If you haven't checked out the tickets yet, there will be a link in the show notes below or just head over to our Instagram bio. And uh, just a reminder, that's a Comprep webinar addressing all phases of the physique athlete's journey. So Comprep, recovery, off-season and pre-prep. So literally addressing every facet of that, including off-season nutrition, peak week. We do a lecture on training. We also do a lecture on nutrition and dietetics for all phases. And there'll be other guests as well. So myself, Tierra, Brandon Kempter, Joey Cantlin, Carl Weber, Alex Thomas. And I think there might be a guest speaker as well. But yeah, definitely check that out if you haven't already. We'd love to see everyone there. So yeah, that's next Saturday, the 4th of September. So less than one week to go now. So Mm. super exciting. So yeah, guys, link for those tickets in the show notes below. Yeah, it's very affordable. Great deal. Well, if I say so myself. Cheaper than a week of weekly coaching. (laughs) Mm. So I think that's pretty much it with the deload. And I'm looking forward to getting back to training next week. And I think I'll be very refreshed Mm -hmm. if everything goes to plan. And on the note of nutrition for the deload, I basically just ran at my rest day macros, which pretty much has me at maintenance. And that's been 400 carb, 70 grams of fat and 250 protein. And then I'll be bumping up to rest, I mean, training day macros tomorrow. So 500 carb, 80 fat and 275 protein. And I was actually looking at some data. So since I started, it's been eight weeks now since I started with AJ, pretty crazy. But week one, I was around 80.6 kilos on average. And I ended at week eight. So at the end of this week, I was 83.55. So just under two kilos of weight gain there. And so that equals to be about 0.25 kilos per week. And yeah, honestly, I thought I'd gained more than that. Mm-hmm. I guess we have to factor in that there was like one lockdown week there and then this week as well where I haven't really put on much weight. But I'm actually quite happy with that. I don't know why I thought I was gaining at a faster rate, but it's worked out well. And I can definitely see that as the weeks have gone on and as my hormones and favorability of muscle growth has increased as I get further away from competing... Um, my body composition has been more favorable, which has been quite good, but definitely it's still mainly grouping in the abdominal region, my body fat and my legs are staying pretty damn lean still. Like I've still got striations in my quads and hammies, which is kind of, kind of nuts. Yeah. But you've still got quite a bit of ab definition too. (laughs) Maybe in some amazing down lighting, like at the world gym Brisbane, but yeah, yeah, I, I know it's interesting when you say that because Obviously, when you step on the scale every single day, like you slowly see that number creeping up and up and up. So day to day, you're like, God damn, is this ever going to slow down? I just keep gaining weight. But then when you look back in hindsight, like you have, you're like, shiz, you know, on average, I'm right on track, Mm. right? A quarter of a kilogram each week. That's spot on. Yeah. Yeah. It's been good. And I've definitely noticed it in your physique, man, because your back, it just keeps getting wider and wider. It's getting to the point where Jack and I are making dinner every single night. (laughs) We live in this funky little Queenslander, right, that we rent and the kitchen's not exactly humongous. We've got one little bench space and we both want to be there with our cutting boards to cut up our vegetables. And Jack's just so wide. (laughs) He's just like, his back just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And I'm like, can you just scooch over, please? (laughs) 
And it's all, this is just the beginning. I'm like, dude, you still got another 10 kilograms to go. <laughs> 10 plus, yeah. I'm gonna have to start cutting my vegetables in the other room or we're gonna have to take turns or something. But it's definitely giving me inspo for when we build and design a house one day because mm. our kitchen, we're gonna have this big island in the middle and then we can both go across from one another. We can grow our backs to as big as we desire because we'll never bump into one another. And we can still look into each other's eyes, but not cut our fingers while we're cutting carrots. <laughs> mm, yep. Yeah, it's going to be very exciting to document that on the podcast as well and, and YouTube when we decide to, I don't know if we'll build a house or buy a house we're planning to build a house at this stage mm -hmm. just so we can tailor it to what we want but yeah i know exactly what i want in that kitchen yeah. <laughs> you know how like when kids are growing and they're getting taller and how their parents mark on the wall like mm. how tall they are maybe during like in our bench space i should just see how much width you <laughs> take up <laughs> yeah what about you there i mean you in terms of measuring you oh yeah you can measure my width <laughs> <laughs> sure my back's grown too <laughs> Hey guys, just a reminder that we offer coaching services, which you can find on our website by searching The Bodybuilding Dietitians on Google or via the show notes below. We coach anyone with a health and fitness related goal. Yeah, so that's pretty much it in terms of me. So starting a fresh block from tomorrow, which is Monday, and surprisingly nutrition still hasn't changed from the very beginning. Mm. I think I was actually on more macros when I first finished prep, purely because I was aiming for that like kilo a week to begin with, mm -hmm. but I'll obviously continue to keep people updated and very much looking forward to the seminar we put. We've uh, made some presentations we're looking forward to presenting and we actually were practicing to Sam in Boston today, which was fun. Yeah, they're a great crowd. Yeah. <laughs> Woo! They don't ask many questions though. <laughs> Sam can howl as a little cheer, which is yeah. very sweet. <laughs> but Jack, with your new mesocycle, are you just rinse and repeating what you've just gone through these past few weeks or are there any changes yeah so pretty much it's all the same there's two new changes so point one will be adding in bulgarian split squats and i have had a little bit of patella tendon pain so that's basically where your kneecap is it's the tendon that joins the kneecap to the tibia i think mm -hmm. i'm not sure if it actually joins to the kneecap I, i'm pretty sure it does though well if it's a patella tendon it would have oh, to yeah, join to the knee <laughs> yeah anyway uh good point so yeah i've had a little bit of pain there and i just really like and from my physio as well like we both like the bulgarian split squat as a means of stabilization working on the glute meat as well and i don't have any other single leg movements in my arsenal leg day arsenal so implementing that is going to be good for an injury prevention standpoint and it's like, it's kind of weird how I'm looking forward to it, but I genuinely, cause I haven't had any glute work or anything of that nature for eight weeks. And I do miss a little bit of glute work, whether it be like the hip thrust or Bulgarians. Mm. So I'm looking forward to implementing those again. So are you gonna go for dumbbells, kettlebells, Smith machine? I would like, my preference is a Smith, but in order to reap the most benefits from the stabilization, I'm going to go with dumbbells and yeah, the, the trick will just be learning to load that whilst also keeping my balance. So yeah. it'll just be something to practice. Yeah. Well, now we can chase one another with our Bulgarians. Uh, I'll, I think I might be a bit far out. In front oh, really? <laughs> I saw you yesterday using the 28s. That's, that's... It was my deload. <laughs> Still behind me. <laughs> 
So what do I have to beat? Because I'm planning to do 35s. On... Well, the kettlebells go up to 36s at Brisbane. So yeah. might as well just grab those 36s. I just find kettlebells for Bulgarians are so much more comfortable because I find with the dumbbells, they what? start to slip and then it really bruises your hand. Just that huge dumbbell just right up against your knuckles really hurts. The mm. kettlebells are really comfortable to hold. Why? I think I should start on the dumbbells because then I'll just get used to the kettlebells and then I'll have to move to the dumbbells anyway. Yes. Well, you're ambitious. You're going to get goddamn strong at these things. Yeah. 100 <laughs> kilos. <laughs> what per hand <laughs> no 50 each hand damn all right well i'll believe it when i see it <laughs> so the the other exercise that i'm switching out is i was doing a plate loaded shoulder press pre-core shoulder press and the biomechanics of that piece was just pretty rubbish to be honest like my back literally had to be a half a meter thicker for it to actually work out <laughs> in terms of pressing so one day yeah. <laughs> the kitchen bench measurements will tell but yeah. yeah it was getting to a point where you were actually having to put one of those like steppers mm. up against the machine yeah because <laughs> basically in a shoulder press obviously you want to press fairly vertically because of the dynamics of this seat i was i was pressing more at a 45 degree angle mm. so like away from me and it just wasn't conducive for a shoulder press so i'm switching to a dumbbell high incline press which i'm looking forward to um i, I haven't got any dumbbell pressing movements in at the moment so i'm looking forward to getting strong at dumbbell pressing again excellent cool, cool. lots to look forward to mm -hmm. so that's it for me let's hear from you well these past few weeks it's pretty much just been business as usual business training all that shebang but it's been a good time. But this last week, I did myself have to implement a bit of an auto-regulated deload just because just started to feel a little bit run down and turned out that I just had to take a few days off the gym, which kind of stunk. And I lost my voice for a few days, which just saying as a coach who checks in with all of her clients each day, multiple times over video calls, that was a bit tough, but hell, made it through. And, uh, yeah, so this past week I implemented a deload, only got like very few sessions in the gym. So just went in there and just trained, but it was a nice opportunity to actually trial a few new movements that I do want to include in my new mesocycle. For example, I'm really excited to actually swap out my flat barbell bench for a Smith machine incline bench, but I had a bit of a moment this week where I did feel really silly because I've been using this Smith machine at World's Gym Brisbane for years now, <laughs> doing like my Smith machine lunges, like Smith machine OHP. And I only just realized this week, Jack, that the Smith machine is on a very, very <laughs> slight slant. And I Did you realize that or did someone tell you? I, re I had to make the realization myself and then put two and two together because when the Smith machine, it faces the mirror the way that I do it. But then whenever you use that Smith machine, you always face the other way. And I think in passing, I've asked you like, why do you face the other way? And I never really put the two and two together. I've always faced the mirror because one, when I train and I'm doing an exercise, I do like to be able to see my form. And also I'm just used to actually having my grip, putting my wrists forward on the Smith machine when I unrack it rather than having them flipped back. Mm -hmm. So that's just what I've been, become accustomed to. But when I was doing this Smith machine incline bench, someone else messaged me and they were like, oh, you should flip the other way around because that Smith machine, it's on a very, very slight angle and you're actually like pushing away from yourself. 
And then I, it clicked for me. And I was like, that makes so much sense. Oh man, I just, I felt a little bit silly. But hey, if the biggest mistakes you're making in life are that you're realizing Smith machines are on very slight slants, I'd argue you're not doing too bad. <laughs> mm, I was a bit surprised because like we've discussed it before and I've been doing the pressing on it for a while. Yeah, maybe because we were discussing it in prep and I just had a prep brain moment or something. It's not like on a huge slant. It's not like, you know, I would say it's 45 degrees. It's like closer 80. to 80 degrees. Yeah. No way. It's not that slanted. 80 is like that. No, that's, uh, that's, that's zero. <laughs> that's zero. That's 180. Oh yeah, that's 90. Oh, <laughs> was it like 45? 45 would be like that. I don't know. Guys, we're taking a protractor to World's Gym Brisbane and measuring this thing, but it is on a very slight slant. So excited to spin that bench around and do that. So yeah, I'm um, going to swap out my barbell bench for some Smith Machine incline bench. And just with my new mesocycle, I'm actually going to trial just swapping my exercise order around a little bit because I definitely have areas that I want to treat as a top priority. And right now I'm doing these exercises in my program, but I want to trial actually putting them at the very, very beginning rather than at the end, just to see if I can perhaps eke out a little bit more progression and again, just prioritize them. So when I look at my physique, I'm very up and down and ultimately I need to build more shape and I need to grow myself laterally. I need to pop out from the sides and two muscle groups that are really going to help do that for me is by building my deltoids through lateral deltoid exercises like a lateral raise and also through some hip abduction work so I can really grow those glute meads and really have my glutes pop out from the side too. So what I'm actually going to trial doing now is starting each one of my workouts with three sets of a lateral raise variation, whether that be with dumbbells or on the cable machine, and then with a hip abduction variation. So whether that be on the hip abduction machine, banded, or on the cable machine system. And I'm just really excited to actually trial doing those first because I know, Jack, that's new for you too. On some of your training days, you start with an exercise like a lateral raise. Yeah, yeah. Same with the leg extension, laterals, and single arm pull downs as well. Mm -hmm. So just kind of priming the musculature, and it does make sense to start with something that you aren't as good at, like yeah. that needs more development. Yeah. So I'm really excited to trial that. And again, my delts and my glute meads, two muscle groups that don't really get sore, they recover very quickly. So I'm just excited to implement that, see how it goes over this next mesocycle, coincided with progress photos, see if I am popping a little bit more from the sides and also just making sure that it's not going to influence my performance in the following exercises, which highly doubt it's going to. Even if it does it, it's kind of irrelevant because mm. that's going to be your new starting point yeah. and you will have achieved a better stimulus in your weaker areas, which is more important. Hey guys, just a reminder that we post regular informative content on both our Instagram and YouTube channel. So make sure to go over to those platforms and search The Bodybuilding Dietitians. See you there. Yeah, and then apart from that, I'm still gonna be doing my full body sessions five times per week, but I'm gonna be changing around the order and also the total amount of volume I'm dedicating to each muscle group as well, because coming out of prep, 
pretty much what I did was I pretty evenly distributed volume to most muscle groups, not exactly evenly. Uh, like I definitely was biasing more things towards like my quads and my triceps and my delts compared to my back. But now I'm going to continue to actually manipulate the order in which I do these specific exercises almost as if it's a hierarchy. So really, if I really need to grow my quads on a full body day, I'm going to be putting my leg extension as one of my very first exercises and probably my back movements toward the end. That just makes more sense to me because my quads are less developed than my back. So I'm going to be manipulating these few little things. But it's just going to be nice because I feel like at the beginning of a new mesocycle, coming off the back end of a deload, it always just feels like a fresh start. But something that I actually really wanted to get your opinion on was a rep, rep range for shoulder press. Because this past week, I actually did achieve that goal of I picked up those 20 kilogram dumbbells and I actually pumped out three sets of six. And it felt amazing. I felt so strong, so empowered because one, I've never lifted that weight before for a shoulder press. So that was a first time lifetime PB, which is excellent. It was really cool to achieve. But at the same time, that was the max I could get. I could only get three by six. I could not pump out a seventh rep. And then I'm also just questioning like, Oh, as I advance into my training career, like I'm, I really am becoming a lot more detached from these numbers and just strength progression. Man, I just want to grow. Like I really want to grow. And ultimately I just need to keep implementing that skill and practicing that of just putting my ego aside and being like, okay, like what's actually going to be the most conducive for growth. So Jack, what do you think? Like me trying to progress with this heavier weight, now that I know that I can lift the 20s, right? But I'm gonna have to go up to like, from sets of six to sets of seven, try to pump out sets of eight. Or should I try to go back down to like the 16 kilogram dumbbells, but probably have a much slower eccentric, a much better execution, might have to work in a rep range of probably 12 to 15, but I can put a pause at the bottom, arguably probably get a, just a much Why better pump. Why is there pump. no middle ground? I think you should, since this is a new block of training for you, I think you need to kind of delete your current numbers in your spreadsheets mm. and do the reorganization and change the exercise order, as you said, and start with something fresh and then have a baseline of technique that you implement every session and that you start off with and that you stick to. And if you make a progression, but your technique failed, so like if you made a progression, but your eccentric you're basically dropping the weight from A to mm. B and then pushing up, then you can't count that as a progression. So I think a rep range for shoulder press can be anywhere from six to 12. And there's realistically, there's no issue with having that as a rep range. Yeah. So, and I think for, especially for something like a dumbbell shoulder press, it's probably better to have that larger rep range because we know that the jump up is a minimum of four kilos mm -hmm. if you use like 20, 22s, 24s. Yeah. Yeah, because that's just what I find every single time that we go into a lockdown situation or we're forced to, for some reason, use lighter weights, I'm really forced to hone in and focus on that execution and actually implement more pauses, really slow down the eccentric. And my delts just always feel so much more pumped and sore following. But then another part of me is it's like, I know that I can lift the 20s <laughs> and it's, I'm still going through a full range of motion with them, but like I'm not able to control it on the way down, pause at my delts, and then press it back up. So like 
I am torn. And I feel like everyone who's going through their training is going to go through periods like this, right? Where Mm. they achieve lifting a certain weight and it's really hard to let go of that because you're really proud of it. But then you do have to come back to the reminder of like, okay, what's the long-term goal right here? Do I want to get on stage in two years and be really strong? Or do I want to get on stage in two years and be strong, but be really muscular? Mm. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So what is it? Delete my numbers, start back at the 16s, work my way up? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think, I definitely think so. I think the only danger in that sort of movement is, not movement is in shoulder press, I mean, the decision you make is that a lot of people then just create a yo-yo. They're like, oh, I've got to the end of this block and oh, I'm not enjoying my how it's feeling. And then I restart again and you're back to the 16s. Like you can't let that happen. You need to, now that you've taken this path, you need to stay on it and not kind of in, in two months time be like, yep, it's time to erase the numbers again and back to back to the beginning. I know, but that's, I don't do that. Like I've been working literally for years to get up to this point where I can actually press the 20s. Mm. Yeah, I, I don't think he'll do that. I'm just saying it's something I see quite regularly. Yeah, going up and down for sure. But yeah, we'll see how it goes. But I'm super excited to begin this next mesocycle and just get back into this week just feeling fresh. I feel like it's just going to be a really good week for us just mm. moving ahead. Just kind of just back on schedule with just everything. Just in terms of like, we're always on point with like our, our stuff. But again... It's, I don't know why, like you said, we missed one podcast this past week and I feel like something's been missing in our lives, <laughs> but we're back and we're behind the mic. So it's all good. But I guess just to wrap up in terms of body composition right now, sitting on average around those low 63s, so around 63.3 kilograms, which is great. Uh, macros are at 375 carb, 175 protein and 50 grams of fat. So Really comfortable amount of food there. Super happy. Uh, And then just keep inching forward with that. Awesome. Yeah. Sounds great. Sweet. Well, yeah. Should be a good week ahead. We are definitely ramping up all of our practice with these presentations day after day after day. It's just going to be really exciting to present on Saturday. It's kind of like bringing back old memories of preparing for uni presentations. (laughs) Yeah. I would say there's more at stake now, though. Like, I'm... I think that brings us also nicely onto what we want to improve upon this week. Mm. And that's something that I want to just continue practicing is my presentations. And we're doing, we're going to be presenting them both together, which is nice. So just like we do on the podcast and naturally I'm not a great public speaker. Yeah. And like I'm fine on a podcast and even if it was just like a, a webinar or like I, there was no one in front of me, I'll be completely fine. But it's the thought of, with as soon as you add the audience the real life aspect it does scare me a little bit but i know once i do this then i'll be much better for what's to come like i'm sure we'll do many more of these in the future yeah it's gonna be great and there's no better way to prepare than us practicing in front of the dogs and (laughs) we also practice in our office and it's in front of this like big open window and we talk quite loud we talk out as if we're talking to an audience and i'm like Dude, people could be just getting free ass good content down there on the street. <laughs> mm. There are definitely some interesting characters that walk past our house. Yeah, I'm not sure how much they'd be able to <laughs> comprehend what we're saying about training volume. <laughs> yeah. 
What about you though? What do you want to improve on? Uh, yeah, I just want to keep getting better and better and more succinct with our presentations too. And I've, I've always really enjoyed public speaking, but I just need to make sure that I don't get nervous on the day. And sometimes when I get nervous, I just like, will say, not, not flustered. I'll just like make a really cheesy joke or like, like, I don't know if, if I'm a little bit nervous or on edge, like you might be presenting and then I'll say something just like really cheesy or cringe off the top of my head. (laughs) And then I'll just like, so I just need to make sure to just really hold my tongue because I'm sure I've probably done that on the podcast before where I've just said something just like a really cheesy joke. And it's Mm. just like the first thing that comes into your head. Yeah. (laughs) So yeah, I'll just hold my tongue and just make sure I'm, I'm very professional. (laughs) Anyway, guys, thanks so much for tuning into this podcast. If you did enjoy it, please remember to take a screenshot, post it to your Instagram stories, tag Jack, tag myself, tag TBD. If you're feeling nice, you can give us a five-star rating and potentially leave us a review on the iTunes podcast app, and we will catch you next week.